Hello everyone! Welcome to Kunit Squared! And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something quite serious. And that very serious topic is bullying and discrimination in Malaysia. Because we feel that it's a serious topic, we know, but as a queer podcast based in Malaysia, it's something that we need to address. Because it's something that is going to be um, relatable, something that every gay man probably experienced at some point right. in their lives. No matter which part of the LGBT spectrum that you fall in, you would have experienced some sort of discrimination in your life. And uh, in this episode, we will be sharing our experiences as well as, as well as talk about discrimination in Malaysia in general. Yeah. Well, uh, before, I guess, before we start talking about something as serious as that, we could start with something candid, like your weekend. You could, what, what happened uh, to you over the weekend? Um, I went to Penang for the weekend. Uh, we had a trip where we just wanted to enjoy some good food and have a good time and just get away from the city for a bit. So that's what we did. Um, Caught up with one of my glamorous aunts. Mm-hmm. Um, Is she one of the crazy rich Asians? She, I would say she can pull it off because right. you know she she went she told us about this like salon that she went to get her hair done, and um, she kicked up a fuss mm-hmm. because the assistant washed her hair and not the hairstylist. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. That was her issue with the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, she was just like, you know, I paid good money to be served by, and serviced by, you know, the hairstylist and not an assistant. Mm-hmm. And, well, we were also there because there was a family wedding and right. um, they were talking about the outfits because um, the siblings, my mom and her siblings, they all, uh, her sisters, they all decided to uh, wear matching outfits. They wore like the Chinese, uh, I think the Cheong Sam. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were going to this cousin's wedding and there was recently a death in in that family. family. So okay. they were trying to think about how they can look good but not... Too good. <laughs> yeah. And they were joking about that glamorous aunt and mm-hmm. like she was talking about how her, her Cheong Sam has sequins. Okay. And they were like make, teasing her and she was just like, excuse me, if anyone says that I dressed up too much, I will tell them that this dress is the simplest dress I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comeback. Yeah. Like yeah. in uh, when facing a difficult situation, I guess your aunt has it covered. Yeah, like she is the glamorous woman, like one of the most glamorous women that I can think of and mm-hmm. I would definitely want to have that kind of aura right when you're older yeah Yeah. or even now (laughs) i think you are on the way to become her because i mean knowing you you have uh sassy one-liners and you are quick on your feet so i so that's good i guess that's a defense mechanism that uh you kind of develop when you always get bullied were yeah. you bullied as a child? That's or... a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I was. I was bullied when I was a child growing up. Um, you know, like when you're when you're not a, a, what do you call that? When you don't conform to society's expectations, you do get picked on. And I think kids are they can be mean anyways. 
So yes, I was bullied as a child. What about you? Um, I was bullied, but I don't think it was because of my sexual orientation. Well, in uh, in um, uh, primary school as well as secondary school, it was more because of my racial background rather than uh, right. sexuality. But then again, it did not help that I was not. I was not a menacing figure, as in like, right. yeah. So I was, I was just this kid who's soft spoken. So it, they, they didn't necessarily latch onto my sexuality because I was not out, or, or um, it was a, it was not a public knowledge or anything like that. But it was more about being a soft spoken Indian man, after oh, Indian boy. So it was, it just didn't gel well with them. Wasn't that like what? Wouldn't that be like one of the reasons why they would pick on you like i remember i was picked on for being soft-spoken and right. you know the term that they would always use was sissy uh-huh. and that was something that i was called for a lot of my childhood right so i i don't know i, I don't you think that as long as a boy isn't loud like doesn't speak very loudly doesn't like um being all macho like he would immediately get yeah (laughs) like he's not as cool my like in my school they played rugby so if if you're in the rugby team you're like wow you're you're the top of the food chain but if you're not if you're just just a school librarian that's it (laughs) wow i mean but i i'm sure um looking back i don't think it was as bad as this horror story some of the horror stories that we hear nowadays or we see that yeah. happens to kids these days. Yeah, the things that we hear these days, it's quite scary. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I'm really glad that I'm now grown up. Right, because because <laughs> being a kid or being a gay kid or being a uh, just basically effeminate or yeah, uh, you know, if you don't fit into the stereotypical male demeanor, then you are labeled as being gay. You might be straight, but that's just. That's just how narrow-minded these bullies are. Yeah, you could be someone who just enjoy, you know, dressing well, looking good. Like, you know, David Beckham is a metrosexual yeah, man. And, and, you know, people don't uh, belittle his sexuality. Yeah. yeah, like they don't make fun of his um, sexuality. They don't think of him as uh, a closet gay man. Right. Yeah. But then again, he is an athlete. He is, yeah. He does at least fulfill one of the criteria. Yeah. These uh, stereotypical criteria assigned to straight male. But um, this uh, narrow-mindedness that kids nowadays possess, or even even I wouldn't say nowadays, even from our generational yeah, generation I before mean, us, even now we get bullied. Yeah, we do. But it it might be passive aggressive, or it might be from strangers. But we do get backhanded bullying sometimes. But then again, um, kids get easily influenced by what they see, what they experience, what they hear. So when you have a government that comes up with guidelines to detect gay men, yep. what does it say about <laughs> the people in the country? Of course, when, when the people at the top are this critical, this judgmental, just judgmental towards you just because you wear a wee collar yeah. t-shirt, you're gay. Yeah, just because you wear something tight-fitting 
you're suddenly attracted to men. Right. So it just it just kind of uh, makes sense why there is so much hatred towards the LGBT community in the country. Of course, uh, there there are cultural reasons. Basically, Asian communities have been slow to warm up to uh, LGBT LGBTs in general. Then you also have the religion uh, coming into play. So it's just not a good combination for um, the LGBT community here, basically. But but then again, it must be said that it's not as bad as as some of our neighbors have it. So. But then again, yeah, it's all relative, of course. But in our situation, we do ha we we do have it a lot lesser than other countries, and we could have it better. Yeah, and I think that's very important to uh, acknowledge that yes, we don't, we might not have it, you know, as bad as some other countries. Like we're not we're not feeling like unsafe when we right. go into bed. Well, hopefully, we right. none of us have to feel like that. But um, there is a lot more to achieve, a lot more progress Correct. to be made. Because once we start thinking that, oh, we don't have it as bad as some of the others, then we are just settling. We shouldn't yeah, settle. We, always, exactly. we should always strive to better our community, to better ourselves. Yeah. So um, coming back to bullying, yeah. um, there have been a lot of... Um, a lot of words that have been thrown out to describe the gay community in Malaysia but nothing stood out as much as this one word which uh, has inspired our podcast yep. which is the word Kunit Kunit uh, To those of you who do not know what Kunit means Kunit is a derogatory term to describe um, the gay community specifically gay men in Malaysia Yeah, it's like the Malay equivalent of faggot Correct. It is the Malay equivalent of faggot. And uh, the word comes from this uh, notion, this idea that when you have anal sex, yep. you have poop on your dick. Right. Which is in the colour yellow. Right. Which is the same colour as turmeric. See, I had no idea. Until you told me about this uh, term, I honestly had no idea that right. that was the Malay equivalent. And I've and I was just like thinking, why does kunit equate to faggot? Right. Because kunit, for those who don't know... Means turmeric and Yeah, meat. it's it's turmeric. So it's right. something that, you know, you use to cook. <laughs> yeah. And um, in the Indian community, you use it as a way to um, clean your skin, especially your face, on your face. Or you could also use it on your body. Ladies especially use it on your body. Um, sorry, on their bodies <laughs> to um, get rid of hair. Apparently, kunyet, if you if prolonged use of kunyet, um, makes hair slows down hair growth. So, especially if you have a lot of hair growth on your face, just to avoid hair growth on your face and to slow down hair growth on your body, perhaps. Uh, uh, Indian ladies have been using turmeric for ages now, and um. My mom uses uses it as well, and I'm not sure. I've not seen her face pre turmeric, <laughs> so I don't know if she had hair on her face. Yeah. But basically, she just grew up with that, and she's so used to it. Yeah. And um, and it it is also believed uh by the Indian community that men should not be 
should not come in contact with kunye with turmeric because apparently it's not good for them it's not good for their hormone or something like that wow i have no idea like literally i there was this one recipe that i found online that um involved using yogurt a combination of yogurt and turmeric and um and that chinese powder the, the there's so many different powders <laughs> right the compact powder i forgot the term oh, for it i'm the, sorry the is that the coal powder like yeah the, the coal powder but that's a joke correct yeah but it comes in a compact square yes. box yeah so use all three on your face to get a zit free face so Ooh. i had i bought that combination i was yeah. using for a while but i i I, I grew tired of it and lost interest. So I stopped using it. So I gave the uh, the turmeric to my mom, and then uh, I left it. Like I just made a package, uh, and then gave it to her. And next thing I knew, she she was she called that same night. She's like, "Why do you why did you have turmeric with you? That's how taboo it is wow. for men to to use uh, turmeric." But in Malay, kunyit. I I'm not sure if Malay community use it in that sense, but kunyit is a recent it's a very recent uh term that is used to describe right. gay men okay. so whereas the word faggot it has centuries of uh, it has a very long history of uh, discrimination of bullying of basically just yeah. violence associated to that word but we decided to use kunyet in our podcast because uh we felt like it's still quite recent and it's still possible for us to retake that word yeah like just like how faggot is being taken over or retaken over by the gays <laughs> yeah but what do you think of the word faggot being i mean amongst gay men maybe they can use faggot but i still don't agree with straight people using faggot i i think if i i actually heard of this uh sentiment being expressed once and i thought that it was actually quite true that if you think a word is derogatory sometimes maybe you shouldn't use it at all um right that makes sense yeah so i mean if you're amongst if you're amongst your own people and you're using it with your friends i guess that's you know all right right but then you wouldn't go around calling every gay man a faggot either right so yeah i i don't know i think i think there's um it's more complex than just is it appropriate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. For example, uh, the word, the K word to describe Indians in Malaysia, like some Indians are very pro of taking back that word. Um, but I'm not. I'm like, no, you don't need that word. You don't be like, oh, I'm this one of these hipster Indians, new age, millennial. <laughs> I, I'm not offended by the word. But no, like, it that word has a very ugly history that you should you should pay attention to you should think about before using that word or before giving people of another race the right or the privilege or the power to use that word you should not encourage that it's like the n-word whereas black people can use it amongst themselves but it is still a taboo for a white person to use that word or anyone and i yeah and i I think i think some pocs get carried away but no yeah i think recently someone actually got into trouble for using that word even though they were singing like lyrics that had the end correct i can't remember that that uh yeah i can't remember the rapper's name but that is a different topic altogether because the rapper himself called the lady up onto the stage to sing 
uh, I mean to sing his song so it's right. actually yeah. his um his fault I, I guess yeah. I mean he could have called a black person or not put the n-word in the song exactly like, I, but I guess the lady could have just kept quiet when the word came out you know and yeah. sing and just uh, continue singing with the following words but well she said that word and well, well it, it did lead to a discussion so yeah. that's good and in Malaysia there are so many other different words that are used um to to demean um the LGBT community like I remember growing up uh I used to hear a lot of words like sissy uh mm-hmm. pondan, right, pondan being used um right. I don't think pondan is actually as common now though yeah um, it's not that common now it is it is well I wouldn't I wouldn't say that because we may not get it directed towards us because we now have that kunyet word yeah but probably our trans sisters they might experience it or or it's maybe it's just yeah i think even on social media or maybe to their faces they would still get yeah. these uh these kind of abuses yeah and um of course our trans sisters are also more prone to violence um just recently i believe um i mean i do know that one of uh, trans sisters was murdered. Yeah, but the police have clari- clarified that it is not a hate crime because apparently it was triggered by a uh, by an allegation that one of them stole a phone uh, of this group of people that were involved. So it was a dispute, and then it led to uh, this uh, transgender person right. getting beaten up. Yeah, with a blunt object to her death. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that is of course not the first case because if you recall previously, another trans sister by the name of Samira Krishnan was also murdered, uh, but her murder was her murder was um, in Kuantan, I believe, whereas uh, the recent case was closer to home here in KL. Um, so Samira was murdered by five brothers. Wow. Yeah. So, like five her brothers. own like biological brothers. No, I I don't think so. I think right. these five men were not related to her. Right. Um. They actually shot her, and they cut off four of her fingers. So, yeah. Wow. So people are capable of the uh, these murders, these kinds of murders. And um, Nisha Ayub, the yep. local activist, she has said that even though the police in both cases, the police said that. It is not a hate crime, but of course, um, this hatred propagated by the government kind of leads to um, these murderers thinking less of a trans person, think not valuing their life as much as they do they would do of a straight man, um, and of course they don't think of they may not think of um, trans our trans sisters as a threat to them, and um, yeah, and they are capable of these kinds of, of horrors. And it's I think it's really uh interesting that um like that how Nisha framed it because obviously you can tell that uh it might not be a, a hate crime per se, but yeah, like hate definitely has something to do with it. Um and especially when you have the government uh actively I guess not not actively doing anything to stop these kind of acts from happening and not uh standing up for equality uh just being treated as a human being you know i think that emboldens them and makes them feel that they can get away with uh 
saying something rude to uh, someone who's different or in these cases uh, going much much further right because they I'm sh- I, I they they receive death threats on a daily basis wow. it may be maybe by your local grocer who you know in your neighborhood if you're just going out to buy yeah. grocery or the construction workers even people like Nisha Ayub they get death threats all the time and uh, she ha- she has been transparent with that um, and of course when someone uh, reading the news finds out that the government was involved in um, in the removal of photos yeah, uh, like Nisha Ayub and Pang Pang's photos were removed yeah. recently from the Georgetown Festival because of uh, some issues with the local government and all that. Of course, even though mm. it's a new government, you know these kind of issues are, are still um, ongoing. And when people reading the news find out, okay, like people like Pang, people like Nisha, they can be removed just like that from this exhibition with other Malaysians, other inspiring Malaysians. So are they not? worthy of our our um admiration is that is that if that is condoned or that is a message that the government sends of course for a lay person reading the news or watching the news if they find out that okay they are beneath us they are not worthy of to walk amongst us yeah like the work that they have done has no value just because they're different just because they're different just because of the sexual orientation yeah or just because of the way they present themselves yeah to the world that's that's the only basis that the government has no matter how much of work that they've done uh, to the community yeah but um if you are facing any of these issues if you are being bullied and you just need a need a place where you can vent or so just someone to talk to uh do dm us there are some shelters available, some guide, uh, some guidance counseling um, services. We are not able to disclose their names uh, on this show, but uh, please send us a message and we will let you know. We will try to help you as much as we can. Yeah. Um, and um, hopefully in the near future, or at least I hope I will live to see a time in Malaysia where the LGBT community would not be under so much persecution. Yeah. yeah on a daily basis or, yeah. or at any any uh, opportunity that the government gets because I'm sure you've heard of this as lo- any uh, whenever an opportunity arises or whenever um, any chance that the government gets to use the LGBT community as a scapegoat to cover any of their wrongdoings the previous government has done this I think the the new government would not be apprehensive to do that as well so the LGBT community yeah. is always a scapegoat to rally support amongst amongst the majority of the Malaysian community. I mean, I've definitely seen headlines about uh, the government or even politicians in general using uh, the gay community to uh, blame something that happened. Uh, And I think one international news media actually framed it really well when they called it uh, state-sanctioned discrimination. Right. Uh, I thought that, that really summed it up really well right i think um like i said i really hope that we live to see this kind of this state sanction discrimination ending in our lifetime yeah Uh, before we move on to our next segment uh let's take a moment to remember another victim of hate crime in the country nabin yeah. who uh was uh, mutilated well assaulted raped and And uh, murdered. murdered yeah so let's take a moment
Thank you, everybody. Um, okay, now let's talk about something a little more, a little bit more upbeat. A little yeah. bit more upbeat. Um, we have some pop culture then, and I believe you have something to recommend. Right. So I would like to talk about this uh, series by Billboard Pride. So Billboard, you know the the online site that talks about. I think I'm not sure if it was ever in print, but I am very much familiar with the online site where they talk about music. So they have this uh, section called Billboard Pride, and they have this new series. Well, it has been an ongoing series, but they always change the panel, and the series is called Spilling the Tea. Very so, appropriate, <laughs> right? So it's where a bunch of drag queens get together. Yeah, and they talk about very timely issues. That um, that concern themselves as well as the community in general. So the latest series that they've released comprises Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, well, these are queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. So right. Of course, uh, there are other drag queens out there in the states who have not been on the show, but they kind of tap into the the, the roster from RuPaul's Drag Race to the talk show. So the latest uh, latest series has Bob the Drag Queen, Gia Gun, Jiggly Caliente, Aja, as well as the amazing Peppermint. So two, well, basically they are all uh, drag queens of colour, and two of the drag queens are trans women who are drag queens. So right. you, get, uh, you get all sorts of perspectives on the panel. They talk about everything from um, resorting to sex work to support themselves because just their art just the art of drag is not enough to sustain themselves financially and they also talk about uh, the discrimination that they faced uh, being people of color yeah as well as uh, men uh, their dating life and um, just the drag community in general so as people anybody who is aspiring to be a drag queen or you're just interested in knowing issues and what are these the, the, the takes by these five queens uh, you can tune into the series on YouTube just go to Billboard Pride or just uh, Google I mean just search for Spilling the Tea by Billboard Pride on YouTube and you will be directed to the episodes and um, yeah I hope you have fun if you get to watch it yeah it sounds fun like just hearing what these like entertainers have to say because right. you normally see like their lighter side so to see them express their opinions right. and their thoughts I, must be pretty interesting it's it's actually hilarious especially because people who know the show they know Bob the drag queen is uh, she's a comedian so it's hilarious like every episode is so fun to watch as well as very inspiring the they are, they are, every word that they actually speak on the show is very insightful it's amazing definitely much recommended yeah that's good that's uh -huh. good well speaking of recommendations uh let's move on to our third segment where we talk about something intellectual we just want to give you an idea of uh things that you can listen to other podcasts apart from ourselves or books that you could read uh but hold on before we move on to what you have to say your recommendation let's uh take a moment to give credit to our sponsor wreck and go wreck and go is a mobile recording service where they could you could just call them up or send them a text message send them a message on facebook just dm them and they will come to you wherever you are with their equipment so that you could record whatever you want to record like us right now recording our podcast okay what do you have to say 
Well, <laughs> my recommendation is another podcast. It's called Unobscured, and it is a col- is a collaboration between two highly popular podcasts. One is uh, Lore by Aaron Mankey, and he does like historical uh, horror podcasts. And it's a collaboration between him and the guys from Stuff You Should Know. And mm-hmm. Unobscured is a podcast about the Salem witch trials. And uh, I find it very interesting just listening to it. You actually be able to draw so many parallels with uh, our society today and even like the topics that we're talking about today, how uh, religious persecution led to the murders or the deaths of ordinary people, um, outstanding citizens who Mm -hmm. were members of the community. They contributed to their church and yet they were accused of being witches and right. tried and executed so uh it's not it's not something that is uh light-hearted but right. it's something that is quite educational mm-hmm. and i think um it would be quite interesting for anyone who's uh remotely interested in that event right how many episodes are there um it's still going on but um I think there's about 11 episodes so far. Right. And they get uh, people who are involved with the they get, trials. They get, they get um, historians to, right. to weigh in because the issue is that there aren't a lot of records um, from that period in time. Or rather, a lot of them were destroyed because of uh, just how badly uh, handled it was. Like, there was a complete breakdown of law and order. So... Um, a mm-hmm. lot of things were destroyed to, I guess, hide the evidence. Right. But yeah, some survived, and the historians weigh in on it. Uh, and it's it's a storytelling podcast. He uh, Aaron Mankey does a very great uh, way of telling the entire story. Each episode has a theme. I listen to it normally on my way to work. Actually. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Before you start the day? Exactly. <laughs> How uplifting, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of witches, I think um, one of the most uh, famous series on TV that kind of uh, talks about witches or uh, delves into the topic is Funnily American Horror Story. Yeah. Because they had this one season where they had Jessica Lang play the Supreme, yes. Sarah Paulson, her daughter. Oh my god. Sorry, spoilers. Well, Jessica Lang did play the Supreme. That's not exactly a spoiler. Um, and not just on that season. They had a few seasons where, where they brought in this idea of witchcraft into their season. So, um, that, that eight, so far, there are eight seasons of American Horror Story. Each season is different. They have different themes to it. Lady Gaga was on it. Uh, they have uh, Angela Bassett, so Kathy Bates, really, yes. really huge names associated with the project. And Matt my Bowman. favorite, Emma Roberts. <laughs> right, Emma Roberts. She was in. She was a witch too. She played yes. a witch in her in the season that she was in. So um, we, I know American Horror Story basically has a very large queer following. Yep. But it is a series that anybody could love, even if you're straight or buy or whatever <laughs> yeah it, it's very entertaining the entertainment value is there for that series so it's much recommended as yeah well. i've seen a few seasons and i must say i do like it mm-hmm. um and yeah like the witch aspect always definitely um makes things entertaining right uh and i wonder what else would would ryan murphy think of right 
Do you watch the finale of Apocalypse, right? Yes, I did. What do you think that will be the next season? Well, I read um uh, some news items that he did confirm that the witches would be returning in oh, a future season. Okay. Without giving away what happened in the finale. Yeah, he didn't even yeah. <laughs> I mean without you giving away. Yeah. Okay. Um so I hope that was enough information for our listeners today. Um if you want to know something else something that we talked about today but you just want to know more about it you can go to our facebook uh it's facebook.com slash kunit squared uh even if you wanted to just dm us to um comment on our podcast or give any suggestions right or you just want to look at some funny memes we have those as well yes yes we do so head on over to our facebook let us know what you think and continue tuning into our podcast kunit squared thank you very much And good, good night. night or good day, whichever <laughs> time you're listening. <laughs> Bye.